husband. So take joy in the journey, even when it feels long. Oh, find strength in each step, knowing heaven is cheering you on. We are almost home, brother, it won't be long. Soon all your burdens will be gone. With all your strength, sister, run wild, run free. Hold up your head. joy, you are joy, you're the reason 
if you've ever been to New York City, um, but it's, it's quite a place to visit. We, uh, this is the third time that my Beck and I have had an opportunity to go, and we went at the invitation of Bob and Becky Fort, who had never been before, and they said, maybe you can show us some things that, you know, that we would not otherwise know uh, would be special as a part of the trip. So we, ha we had a great time going here, there, and yonder. Uh, if you ever have the opportunity to go and experience the 9-11 Memorial and Museum, it is incredible. They did an, an amazing job with what they did there. And uh, it is a very somber place. Uh, I, I will tell you that it, there's more to take in than you could possibly take in in one visit to that museum. Uh, we were overwhelmed. We took in as much as we could. And then the four of us turned to each other and said, 
I just can't take anymore. I mean, it, it is amazing the things that you are um, brought face-to-face with. And it, rem- it helps us to remember how precious life is and how important it is that we um, walk with our Lord and that we remain strong patriots in this country, that, that we would do our part and answer the call that Kennedy issued, President Kennedy issued years ago. Ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. May the Lord return that level of patriotism to all of our lives uh, because they're, they're, we are blessed to be citizens of this great nation. So we had a, we had a great trip. Um, we had a slice of pizza. You've got to have New York pizza if you go to New York. Uh, Becky got patted down at Charlotte Airport. If you want to know what a terrorist looks like, I, I, I mean, I, I'm, you know, I'm going through the, the scanner thing, and uh, you, you know how you have to, you have to put your, your arms up, and you know, you got to take the stance, and she looks at me, and as she's making her way, she said, am I going to have to do that? And I said, yeah, but I didn't know after she did that, they were going to say over here. And uh, so um, that started the trip, and, and um, we had a good flight. Uh, had a kind of a bumpy landing uh, in New York, but then we were we were off to the races and had a great time. and And I am thankful to be a citizen of a country where we can move about and go and see the places that are are great places in this land. Um, I don't know if you have any desire to go there, but uh, if you don't have a desire to go there, I think all of us have desires to see certain places in this country, and there are great places to visit. And I'm thankful that I am a citizen of this this great land. I am also so thankful that I am a citizen of the kingdom because of what Jesus has done for me. It is incredible to to understand um, what Christ has done in opening up all of eternity for us. He says that the Father sent him in John 6.40 that we might believe on his Son, that we might believe on Jesus and that on the last day, he will raise us up that we might experience the fullness of that eternal life that he has purchased for us. Aren't you glad this morning to be saved? If you are, say amen. And if you don't know for sure that that is your experience, we are here to help you any way we possibly can. Because one of the things we're going to talk about this morning is how important it is that all of us position ourselves in such a way that we are present there for one another in such a way that we can help each other take our next step on our journey and following after the Lord Jesus. And we all need each other's help. Wherever we are in our journey, some of you are just beginning your walk with Christ. Others have walked with Him for a lifetime. But all of us need that word of encouragement, that word of challenge, that word of truth. All of us need that moment of of epiphany where the lights come on and the Spirit shows us how to take that next step as we follow after the Lord on our way to heaven. And it's important that we play our role. This year, the Lord brought me to... Uh, my word for the year, this is the first time I've ever observed this, but I, I read something and the guy was talking about challenging one another to have a word for the year, and you all have, have, have bought into that challenge. A number of you have joined in and you have your word for the year. My word is present. The Lord has challenged me to be present in the moment, to not take anybody for granted, to not pass by an opportunity to, to fellowship with one another in, in the grand way that God would have us to, to, to connect with each other. 
uh, sometimes we can be so overtaken with what we have on our to-do list that we, mi we miss the golden moment that God is giving us that was an unplanned moment. So please, slow down and be present in those moments that God is giving you. Before I continue, I just glanced down and saw my note that we are taking a group to Israel next year. Most of you know that, but what I need to let you know is that next week is the, the day for the initial deposits to be made. We're going February 20th through March 1st uh, on a Holy Land tour. It is an incredible experience. I've experienced it two times. This will be my third time. I went the first time that I might be able to experience it. I went last time that others might experience it. I'm going again that others might experience it. Because somebody has to, you know, throw the gauntlet and say, I'm, we're going. And so we have 15 people right now who are going for sure. And we can add to that number. So if God moves in your heart to be a part of that group and you have questions, just call me, text me, stop me today as you're leaving church, and I'll, I'll share some information with you. I have some printed information. But we are so looking forward to going back to the land of the Bible and experiencing uh, that grand ex experience of walking where Jesus walked, to be in the places where the Bible stories unfolded. It is an incredible experience. And, uh, and I'm not going to lie to you, it's a costly experience. It costs right at $4,000 per person to make this trip. But I promise you, nobody that has gone, that I have been party to, has come back and, and wanted a refund. I mean, it is an amazing, an amazing experience. So if you want to go, get on board. Just wanted you to know that next week the deposits are due with the registrations. Now, if you look at Acts chapter 9. God wants us to help each other take our next step. And all of us have a next step to take. However long we've been walking with the Lord, there's something that God is leading us in, and as He's leading us toward that future that He has for us, because remember, God says, I have plans for you, plans that will give you a hope, that will give you a future. And we need to understand that, that God is involved in our lives from day to day, from moment to moment. And that sometimes the things that happen that we call coincidence are really destiny. It's something that God has brought us to for a reason. And sometimes it's about us and sometimes it's about the other person. But God brings us to these moments when eternity is opened up in our understanding and we get this aha moment where we, we understand that there's so much more to our lives than what we are able to observe. And so God, open our eyes and help us to see what you would have us to see concerning the eternal kingdom of God. Help, help us to, to understand the words of Solomon shared in the book of Ecclesiastes. An old man who was coming to the end of his earthly existence was having clarity like he had never had it before when it comes to what this life is all about. He got to the end of that book and he said, and here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. And so Solomon came to understand of all of the ventures that he had given himself to, educational ventures, business ventures, relationship ventures, of all the things that he gave himself to, he said the grandest of all was his relationship with God. The most important of all was his relationship with God. 
Because a lot of the things that he had given himself to in his earthly lifetime were coming to a close. But his relationship with God was something that was going to stretch beyond the veil, if you will, into that place that we call heaven, into eternity. And God wants to show us that our next steps have a whole lot to do about the eternity that awaits us. And so, Lord, help us. Help us to have those core values that match up with what the Bible teaches. And help us, Lord, to to move in the direction that you have called us to move, to walk that straight and narrow. Because there is a broad way, the Bible says, a wide road that leads to destruction. But there's a narrow road that leads to life. And Jesus said, few there be that find it. I want to be numbered among those few. Do you? I want to be one of the ones that's walking the straight and narrow, and I need you to help me walk that road. I I need you to come alongside me. I want to come alongside you. I want us to come alongside one another. Because we find that a man who is responsible for writing a major portion of the New Testament had a beginning when it came to his faith journey. His name was Saul of Tarsus. He was on his way to Damascus with letters from the high priest that gave him permission to persecute all Christians, to even put Christians to death if he saw fit. And while he's on this road to Damascus, he leaves Jerusalem, he goes out the Damascus gate, he's on his way. And somewhere between Jerusalem and Damascus, he encountered a great light. And a voice spoke out of that great light. And he fell to his knees and was blinded in that moment. And the voice said, Saul, Saul, why do you go against the flow? And Saul of Tarsus said, who are you? And he said, I am the Lord Jesus that you are opposing. And in that moment, Paul, Saul, who became Paul, asked the question, what would you have me to do? And as he surrendered his life, Christ made himself real in Saul's experience, and he became known as the great apostle Paul. And this great man, before he found his feet spiritually, he needed someone to come alongside him and help him. Remember, he was physically blind as a result of this encounter. So his men led him to Ananias, who lived in Damascus. The Lord told him, you go to such and such an address and you find Ananias and he is going to be ready to receive you. And in Acts chapter 9, verse 10, we find these words. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias? Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Now listen to this. Lord, Ananias said, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. Now think about that for a second. Ananias is informing the God of all creation. You ever done that? Lord, I don't know if you heard about this guy, but he's not good for my health. I'm not sure you understand what you're asking me to do. He's come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord answered Ananias, Go. 
This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. This is beautiful. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, look at that. Brother Saul, everybody has a a beginning to their transformation. Lord, help us to see that. Help us to recognize that. Help us not to be those people who are making folks jump through hoops to meet our criterion. Help, Help us to understand that when God saves someone, they're saved even as they're finding their feet spiritually. No second-class citizens. And Ananias walks in and says, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized and after taking some food, regained his strength. Lord, I pray today that you would help us to know that every great soldier of the cross has had his or her beginning. That moment when faith became personal. That moment when a decision was made to receive Jesus Christ, the Savior of all mankind. Saul had his beginning. We have our beginning. And Lord, I pray this morning that you would help us to answer your call upon our lives, that we would come alongside those who have been brought into a great light of salvation, that we might help them find their feet and be on their way to answering your call upon their lives. Lord, there are some biblical principles represented in this passage that are important for us to gather around this morning. And I pray that you would help us with that, that we might know that your Spirit is teaching us This is not the preacher teaching. This is the preacher and all the folks gathered at the feet of Jesus that the Holy Spirit might teach us. And so, Lord, things that I haven't even planned to say that you would have me to say, I I, I make myself available for that anointing, Lord, that you might speak this morning. I don't want to just talk about you. Lord, I want you to have your way with us this morning that we might be able to leave here and know that we have been in the house of God, that we have been in the presence of the Savior, that the Holy Spirit has moved in our experience. So, God, please come and save us from ourselves. Save us from having church. And Lord, come and let us be the church, the called out people of God, who in the middle of a worldly culture have found the sweetness of life is to walk with Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. It is so important for all of us to see ourselves as being in the the business of helping people to take their next step with God. Who, me? Oh, I know, I understand. I, I remember the, the night that, that God began to move in my spirit and call me to ministry. I'm like, who, me? None of us see ourselves as being that person who will help a Billy Graham in his beginning moments to walk the pathway that God would have them to walk. But you know there were people who were there for Billy Graham in his young life when first he believed for himself. He was raised in a Christian home. But the moment came when he knew that it was his moment, his opportunity to open his life 
in surrender to Jesus Christ. And God called people to his side to help him find his feet spiritually, his family, but also church leaders in that little church in Charlotte where he, where he worshiped the Lord. And look how God used Billy Graham in his lifetime. An incredible man. And you can't believe that there was ever a time in his life when he needed someone like an Ananias to come alongside him and help him on his way. You read the, the books of the New Testament that are written by the Apostle Paul and you, you think, well, he just always walked with the Lord. No, he didn't. There was a time when he was absolutely opposed to Christ and the message of the cross. But then when he came to his moment of salvation... Immediately, God helped him to understand he needed Ananias. Why did he need Ananias? Because everybody in the Christian world was afraid of Saul of Tarsus. And Saul of Tarsus, who would become Paul the great apostle, needed someone who would stand by him and stand up for him to give him the opportunities that he needed in those beginning days. I remember before I went to Warner Southern College, to prepare for ministry in 1972. My pastor, Charles Towers, took me to Virginia camp meeting, state camp meeting, to the minister's meeting on a Thursday afternoon. He introduced me to the ministers of, of the state of Virginia and the Church of God. Told them who I was and that God had called me to ministry and that in a matter of weeks I'd be traveling to Lake Wells, Florida to attend college. And he said, I, I asked they called me Ronnie back in those days. He said, I asked Ronnie to come today so we could gather around him and place our hands on him and anoint him in the name of the Lord. And that was the first time I'd ever experienced anything like that. There would be other occasions, the time of my ordination, the time of my licensing as a Church of God minister, but that was the very first time, 17 years old, on my way to college. And they gathered around me and they placed their hands on me and Pastor Towers prayed that God would help me find my feet, that I would walk the pathway that he would have me to walk. We all need those moments. We all need those people. But we don't see ourselves as being those people. And I'm here today on the authority of God's word to tell you, you are those people. You are the ones that God is wanting to use to help someone who's finding Jesus for the very first time, to help them to find their way. What did, what did Ananias do? The first thing he did was he let the citizens of the church of God in, in Damascus know this brother, brother Saul, has been saved. He has seen Jesus for himself. He has heard Jesus for himself, and he has surrendered his heart to the Lord, and now we need to help him as he answers the call of God upon his life. You see, Saul... Even though he had seen Jesus, and even though he had responded to Jesus, he needed people around him who were walking with Jesus to believe in him. To believe things about him that he was yet to believe about himself. You remember when you first believed? You remember when you laid down that burden of sin and got up from that place of prayer? You almost could not believe what was happening. Am I really forgiven? Is my name really written in the Lamb's book of life? 
Am I really following in the footsteps of Jesus? And we need those people who are walking with the Lord to come around us and help us to know that what we're experiencing is real and there are next steps to be taken. And Ananias was there in those early days to help Saul take his first steps. And then Saul, as Paul, the apostle, the missionary, would help hundreds, even thousands of people, and now even helping millions of people as we read the books that the Holy Spirit inspired him to write. He has helped countless people take their next step in following after Jesus. And God wants you to help someone take their next step. But before that can happen, you have to believe that God can help you help someone take their next step. You will be amazed at what the Lord can do through you in helping someone follow Jesus. There will be times that you will speak a word in season and you didn't know it was a word in season. What do I mean by that? I mean it is the word that person needed to hear. And it might be a word of encouragement. It might be a word of challenge. It it might be a word of instruction. It might be a word of revelation. And you don't even realize it. But you speak it. And God uses it. And that person takes their next step of faith. Many of you have heard me tell the story about one night... About midnight, a young fellow in our church in Columbia who had just recently been saved was, was witnessing to all of his friends, and he called me up. Back in those days on WLTX, you could watch Andy Griffin at 11 o'clock. Not the news, but Andy Griffin, and I watched it every night. Um, I'm blessed with uh, a poor memory sometimes. I can watch a show and get to the end of it and say, oh, I've seen that before, and I'm entertained every time. It's a blessing, I'm telling you. But I'd watch Andy Griffin every night, and I'm watching Andy Griffin. The phone rings, and I answer it, and Kurt says, hey, my buddy Marlon that I've been talking to you about and his wife Lynn are at Dreer High School, and they want us to come talk with them. Uh, can you go with me? I said, yeah, come pick me up. Let's go. So it's about 11.30, weeknight. We go to Dreer. On the way to Dreer, Kurt tells me, I need to tell you, they're high. I said, oh, great. Um, so we go, and they were. And we talked, and we talked. And I, back then, I was a young fella. I was in my mid-20s, and I had that little Gideon New Testament you know, the real fine print. And when you're in your 20s, you can read that fine print in the dark. And man, I was, I was reading it. Boy, don't give me that Bible now, you know. But, but I was reading them scripture and I was saying everything I knew to say and getting nowhere, getting nowhere. And finally, in frustration, uh, Marlon asked a question, well, why, why should he save me? And, and really, in frustration, I spoke a word that ended up being a word in season. I didn't know it. In my flesh, I said, why not you? I'm like, dude, I'm ready to go home and go to bed. You know, I want you to get saved, but why not you? And so it was left there. No decision was made. Went to church Sunday. This was like on a Thursday night. Went to church Sunday. And here comes Marlon and his wife in church with Kurt. I'm like, wow. 
And um, the altar call was given. And they came down to the altar on this side of the church. And I went down to kneel and pray with them. And I said, um, man, I'm glad you're here this morning. Uh, um, can I pray with you? Yeah, we want to get saved. I said, well, what brought you to that decision? I was really, I was really interested because, I mean, we talked and talked and talked and talked. And Marlon looked at me and he said, well, I had an answer for everything until at the end you, you, you asked me, why not you? And I didn't have an answer for that. And that was the word that God used to help them take their next step. And that next step was accepting Jesus as their personal Savior and becoming born-again children of God. God wants to use you to help someone take their next step. And for some, that means accepting Christ. For others, it means answering a call, a direction that God would have them to take in their lives. And God wants to use you to help them to see what God sees about them. And here's the next thing. Lord, help us to see people the way you see them. As much as is possible, help us to see people the way you see them. And help us not to exclude people from taking that next spiritual step on the basis of our prejudices. Now, what do I mean by that? All of us have prejudices. All of us have these preconceived notions. All of us have this... Uh, this image of people, how they should be, uh, how they should act, how they should dress, how they should interact, how they should behave. And Ananias, on the basis of how Saul had been behaving, said, Lord, I, do you know who you're asking me to go see? I don't think you want me to go see him. And in that moment, Ananias was seeing Saul the way he had always seen him. And then when God spoke to him and said, I want you to go because this man. And then Ananias began to see Saul the way God saw him. And you and I need the Holy Spirit to touch our lives in such a way that as he's bringing us into relationship with someone for a reason, that we begin to see them the way God sees them. And that's supernatural, y'all. That's not something you can, can, can work on and develop. It's something you have to surrender yourself to. Lord, help me to see this person the way you see them. Help me not to see them for what they have been. Help me to see them for what they can be because of the cross of Christ. You see, the truth is, there's a time in all of our lives when we need someone who's walking with the Lord to believe about us what we cannot believe about ourselves. Because when we're in darkness, we just can't see ourselves being saved. And we need someone who has been in the darkness and now is in the light to see us like we're not able to see ourselves as born-again children of God. And there are people in Sumter and all around us who need you to see them, not for what they have been, but for what they can be because of Jesus. When Ananias... opened himself to seeing Saul the way God saw him, the Bible says he went immediately. And when he saw Saul the way God saw Saul, say that fast three times. Who I'm glad I got that out. He was able to walk in to Judas's house on Straight Street and say, hey, Brother Saul. Y'all, that's a miracle. 
just minutes before, God, I don't think you know who you're sending me to. God said, I want you to see him how I see him. And then he walks in and says, Brother Saul, the Lord has sent me to lay my hands on you to pray for you. And when God sends you to someone to come alongside of them, there's power in that. If Ananias had not gone in the anointing of the Lord, he could have he could have touched Saul over and over again in prayer and nothing would have happened, but he was sent by God. Lord, help us to know when we are being sent by you. Help us not only to see people the way you see them, but help us to see ourselves the way you see us. Ananias went with spiritual authority and laid his hand on Saul and prayed for him, and the Bible says in that moment immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see. God wants to use you that way in someone's life. And He can use you. But you're going to have to take that remote control and turn, turn off the TV and get up off the couch or get up out of that recliner. Lord, I'm preaching to myself now. And go where God is sending you. And believe about them and believe about yourself what God would have you to understand. Believe in the change that God can bring to people's lives. Help someone on their way in making their next step in following after Jesus. God could do all of this without us, but that's not the way He's chosen to work. Is there anybody here that in the quietness of this moment and within the privacy of your heart would say, God, I'm Saul. I hear your call. I want to ask Jesus to forgive me of my sin and to come into my life. Is there anyone here in the quietness of this moment and in the privacy of your heart would say, God, I'm Ananias. I've been looking at people the way they've always been. I want to see people the way you see them and for what they can be because of Jesus. And Lord, I'll go and help someone take the next step in their journey with you. Show me who they are. Tell me what to do. Put the words in my mouth. Put the faith in my soul. Put the pep in my step. Lord, I'll go. You never know who you're helping. It shouldn't matter because everyone is valuable in the sight of the Lord. Whether that person coming to Christ is a Billy Graham or someone we've never heard of. He loves us all just the same. You don't have to be on your way to great success or fame or fortune. We're all created in His image. Everyone is precious in His sight. Who needs your help this week?
Who's willing to walk away from indifference to help someone find their feet spiritually? Thank you for this story, Lord. Every Bible story we know is there for a reason. Open my heart this morning, Lord. Move me beyond the prejudices that have kept me from helping someone. The way I have seen them has kept me from what you see in them. Open my eyes. Open my heart. Help me to extend a helping hand. Help me to offer an encouraging, uplifting word. Help me to believe in someone who right now is having a hard time believing in themselves. Help me to believe in what you are wanting to do in their lives so that they may come to believe for themselves. Lord, we need you, but we need each other too. I pray that you would help us to be active duty soldiers of the cross. To come out of reserves and to make the difference that you would have us to make in Sumter and in the surrounding areas of this community. God, help us to see that we are so much a part of your plan of rescuing people like Saul of Tarsus. Delivering them into a new day. Standing up for them, introducing them like those ministers of Virginia gathering around them and praying for them. Thank you for what you're going to do because of what your Spirit is showing us this morning. Well, Lord, I just believe there are going to be people who are helped this week to take their next step because we've had this time together. And I praise your holy name for that. It's bigger than we are. It's supernatural. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. You give life. You are love. Oh
shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Thank you. 